Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Delighted that you are here for the very first time ever. Today we are streaming on ESPN Plus, and we will be now until the end of time. So you can catch up with me anytime you want on this show where we have great fun doing all sorts of things, including talking to my favorite football people. And I will let you in on a little story of something that happened this morning. So we're doing the show. Uh, we're doing Get Up here, right where I'm sitting today at the Seaport Studios. And Dan Orlovsky is seated to my right. And we're doing a t- we're basically wall-to-wall football today. And we had a very good show and a very good time. And then at one point, a promo for the Masters runs. And it occurred to me, and I hadn't really been thinking about it. We've had such a busy week. Look, I mean, everyone knows what's been going on here all week long and around the country and here at ESPN. It has been, it has been a, a very turbulent week in so many ways. And in that moment, I remembered, oh, my goodness, it's Masters week. The Masters is my favorite sporting event of the year, bar none. And I turned to Orlovsky, and I could see on Dan's face, he had exactly the same reaction I did, which is, oh, my God, that's right. It is the Masters this week. Nobody loves that more than Dan, who joins me on the Shell Penzoil Performance Line. Hello again, Dan Orlovsky. Uh, yes, you are right. Masters is my favorite sporting event. All year, there's no qu- one. One of my favorite moments of life is when Tiger won it last year. I cried when it happened. <laughs> so the fact that it's here, I have a college football game to call on Saturday, and and the good people at ESPN that make those decisions gave me a seven o'clock kick Saturday night. So that means I could watch all day Saturday. So I'm beyond excited for it. Absolutely. Here's the best thing I can tell you about Don Orlovsky when he says it was one of the best moments of his life. He's not kidding. He means that. He has a no place, doubt. places a disproportionate amount of importance on golf, as I do, which is why we get along <laughs> so well. That said, let's, let's do what you're here to do and I'm here to do, and that is talk about yesterday in the NFL. And let's begin at the end of your NFL Sunday. Bucks and Saints. I, I said on this show in the first hour here, uh, Dan, I think that that was the most... The biggest statement performance that any team has made this year was what the Saints did last night. Let's start by giving them their due. I thought prior to last night, what Kansas City did to Baltimore on that Monday night was the number one statement game. That was Kansas City saying, we are still the team in the AFC. And then last night came. And for the Saints to do what they did to Brady and the Buccaneers, it took me absolutely, surprise isn't even, doesn't even begin to tell the story I thought it was that the most impressive performance of the NFL season so far. What do you want to say about the Saints today? Yeah, I agree, Greeny. Uh, you know, throughout most of this season, everyone's been going, well, Drew Brees' arm, and, and they have to bring in Taysom Hill to throw the ball downfield. And, you know, I've always like, told people this, week, this year, like, just pause. They're going to be okay. You know, they'll, they'll figure out ways because Sean is such a great play caller and Drew still does the little things of eye manipulation and anticipation and accuracy so well. And they scored 30 points every game, 30 points every game without Michael Thomas. Now, they're still going to have to find ways to get explosive passes in their, in their offense. That's not showing up. But what they did last night really was the um, example of we still have a great offensive line. We still have a brilliant play caller. Our quarterback knows exactly how to operate our offense. And we still have some really good skill position players. I did not expect that from their offense. I, did, I expected good. You know, I expect their offense to be good. I did not expect absolute domination by their offense. And then their defense that this year has been so, hey, we're just going to give you big plays and uh, we, we've got miscommunication. We can't cover tight ends. Their defense was just so 
uh, we want to just dominant, you know, just completely controlled that football game. That's what was so surprising about that team last night was the way that the defense played. I'm with you. And I wanted to give the Saints their own moment because so much of the season has been about Brady and about the Bucs. And it's understandable because after 20 years of the most successful run that anyone's ever had with any team, Brady starts over again down in Tampa and they've been fascinating in every sense of the word. So I wanted to give the Saints their own little part of the conversation. Now let's flip it to the Buccaneers. You were very, very critical of the coaching staff of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this morning. Why? Because their plan was terrible. If you looked at the way that they should play this football game, the Buccaneers offense, it should have been spread out the Saints and throw the ball attacking the middle of the field, attacking those linebackers in coverage. Those linebackers have struggled all season long for New Orleans, covering the middle of the field and covering tight ends. Well, that's one, nothing that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did. Two, the first play of the game, they single up their rookie right tackle, Tristan Wirfs, who's a good player. He's had a good year. They single him up versus Cam Jordan in pass protection on the first play of the game. You mean to tell me that that's what you thought was the best way to start that football game for your, your offense? That's your plan? There's first third down of the game, Greeny. They go and get Rob Gronkowski on a stick route versus coverage, versus a safety. A stick route meaning go up three yards and break away. Rob Gronkowski, do not ask him to stop his feet anymore. That's not what he does well. That was your first third down play call. You spent the whole week gearing your game plan, studying tape, and you said the first third and three, this is what my call is going to be? Like, that's terrible. And then your defense, your defense has cut its teeth this year playing man coverage, Tampa Bay. You've, you've made that your backbone of who you are, man coverage and pressure. Last night in the first half, you ran 18 snaps of zone coverage and six snaps of man coverage against Drew Brees. That was the thought that you thought was going to give you the best chance to succeed. So, no, their players didn't play well. No one's defending that. But that plan as a coaching staff was terrible. It was the worst plan I saw all year. And I've watched every snap of the jet screen, so that says a lot. <laughs> you said that on TV this morning. It made me laugh then. And sometimes you have to laugh to keep from crying. So it made me <laughs> laugh again. Orlovsky with me on ESPN Radio. Let, let, let's get a little more specific there because there were a few places – I've talked about this with regard to Chicago already here, and I know you have strong feelings on that, and I'll get to it uh, as we continue here, Dan. But there are a few places sometimes where it feels like what the coach envisions, what the coach wants, when he, when he closes his eyes and pictures, this is what I want my football team to look like, doesn't match the talent you have, doesn't match what you're actually good at. And the really good coaches readjust the picture in their mind of what the team is going to be to utilize the skills of their players. And sometimes it feels to me like the no-risk-it, no-biscuit thing that Bruce Arians has in his head that has made him a very successful coach, and no one is taking that away from him. It doesn't fit what his team really does well right now. And I just wonder if you see it the same way, and if so, what it is you do to try and solve that problem. Well, they've had some moments this year. They've gone on stretches where you go, okay, you know, he, he, he's realizing empty package has been so good for their offense. You know, so getting the ball out of Tom Brady's hands. Empty, meaning only five offensive linemen and then really five options or receivers that are spread out across the field to begin with. Tom does that really well, so you could see that they've done that. And then a little bit of hardball play action. Tom really does that. They operate as an offense so much better. So you've seen them do a little bit more of that. 
And so there's moments when you go, man, yeah, they're starting to get it. They're understanding it. And then last week against the Giants, the first half plan stunk as well. And then they came out in the second half. And I remember in the second half stating at halftime, they've got to get the play-action pass game going because it was helping their offensive line and Tom was seeing it really well and it got their tight ends involved. And all of a sudden they started doing that, moving the ball, and you go, oh, great. And then they're like, it's, it's almost this, Greeny, where, where you've got this coach that goes, nah, I've, I've seen this work really well with Carson Palmer, and I've seen this work really well with Andrew Luck, and I've seen it work really well with Ben Roethlisberger. We're just going to keep doing that. And you've got to be able to realize that players are different and the way they see things are different. And so just watching that game plan last night, I'm, I, I, I don't want to say I'm concerned, but I'm going, come on, man. Like, we're halfway through the season. We should have a pretty good pace for how this should be getting executed. Dan Orlovsky with me on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas, giving you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Uh, let's just jump to it then, Dan. The other team that I think is in much the same situation is the Bears, where I think Matt Nagy, he's an Andy Reid disciple. He has this idea of what he wants his offense to look like. And he had this quarterback that the team had drafted, Mitchell Trubisky, and he just decided he wasn't going to remake his vision of an offense around the skill set of Trubisky. And so instead, he has brought in and is now, has given the ball to Nick Foles, who does play that way, just not well enough. And as a consequence, their offense is terrible, and they're wasting one of the best defenses in the NFL. So I guess, Dan, we all see the problem. What's the solution? The solution is their organization getting a new head coach. Because you're, you're not going to solve – if you haven't solved it in almost three years, then, then there's no plan really. You know, like the plan the, – the next move is going to be for them to realize, are, this guy's a smart X's and O's coach, but he doesn't know how to teach everybody. You know, like he doesn't know how to get the relationships with the coaches and the players. And he doesn't know how to communicate it efficiently enough for us to go where we need to be. We took this quarterback young a couple of years ago, and then all of a sudden – he can't play anymore. Have we mismanaged the quarterback position at the head coach? Because the reality is this, Green, if you can't do those things, if you can't teach really well and you can't communicate really well and you don't understand your players really well to adapt to what they do well, you are a failure as a coach. And the reality is this, right now where it sits with Chicago, their head coach has failed them. He's failed with a quarterback from last year that had a different skill set of Mitchell Trubisky. He's failed with the quarterback this year with Nick Foles, and this is what he wanted. He asked for this style. He demanded this style. And they've got some good skill players, and he's doing nothing. He's doing nothing to elevate them and the people that are around them. So the next move, the reality is this, that the Chicago Bears are going to have an open vacancy at their head coaching position, and they're going to waste a championship-caliber defense. Yeah, it feels like that window on this defense is is precariously close to shutting as young as some of those guys are. It just, just These things don't usually last. You can't usually keep a group like that together for six or seven years. It's been there now three or four years. It's time to either make something happen or figure out what comes next. There, Greeny and Orlovsky with you here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. He's on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Okay, let's let's get to Josh Allen. I said earlier this morning on the show here, Dan, that I'm the first to tell you, and I like that you did this this morning too on a different topic. I'm the first to tell you when I had something wrong. 
not not being willing to admit when you're wrong is the sign of weakness. Admitting when you were wrong is a sign of strength. I was wrong on Josh Allen. I've never been a believer. I've just never thought. I've seen it. And yesterday, and I know he's playing against a terrible defense, but somehow something about that game yesterday just changed my opinion. That team rallies around him. They believe in him. He's so good in the red zone. He runs it well. He throws it better than I ever thought he did. He's turning himself into a really, really good quarterback, which I will confess I didn't think he was going to be. What are you seeing in Josh Allen? Yeah, I mean, he's been this guy that's been ascending and ascending and ascending, and he started this season off so hot, Greeny, and through the first month of the season, he's on the short list of the MVP kind of list. And then, you know, he takes that shot against Tennessee, and he gets a little bit of a, a – or, excuse me, against the Rams, and he gets banged up on that left shoulder. And his play certainly falls off for the next couple of weeks. They don't win as many games. I think they went 2-2 two and two over the course of their last four games before these past two weeks. He's not playing as well. They're not pushing the ball down his, down the field as well. He's struggling to see some coverage change. So he goes through like a little bit of a bump. Still a very young player, right? Still only in his third year as a young player. And then going into this week, coming off of last week, coming off of the Patriot game, I had said, like, show me. Show me that you're mature enough to take that next step because you just kind of put the nail in the coffin of the division rival that's owned your division. Now you're playing a Super Bowl contending team, and they got the MVP of the league or a guy that many see as the MVP of the league. Show me that you could take the next step. And from the very first snap of that game, Josh Allen was the best player on the field. They threw the ball all over the football field, which was smart by their coaching staff because the Seattle Seahawks secondary is not very good. And Josh Allen just basically said, I'm better than everybody. I'm going to take this game over. And that's exactly what he did. The ball got out of his hands. He was accurate. He made plays when he needed to with his legs. He was the difference maker. And he's now reinserted himself into that top kind of four of the conversation of the MVP list. And I said this today. I think that they are the best team or the most likely team equipped to beat the Chiefs. I think it's unlikely that the Chiefs are going to get beat when it matters. But they can be explosive on offense, which you need to do to beat the Chiefs. He can go above the X's and O's as a, as a quarterback, meaning the play's not there, but he makes it happen, and then they're really, really, really well coached. Dan Orlovsky with me here. One more thing for you. Um, I think if there's good news for his football fans in general, with the terrific performance of Tua Tungavailoa yesterday, we are seeing three first-round rookie quarterbacks who all look great. Burrow has been yeah. terrific. Tua, it's just one game, really. I mean, he played two. The first one, he barely seemed to be a factor yesterday he was terrific but I wonder just seeing what you've seen take out teams take out situations take out everything else if they were to redo the draft right now do you think people would take Justin Herbert first based on what we've seen um I think people would yes I would not uh, and that's that's saying a lot because Herbert has been absolutely spectacular but Joe Burrow is is going is going to be a Super Bowl winner in Cincinnati. I have no doubt about it. He's mm. been absolutely remarkable. Greeny, there is not another young quarterback, say three or, their first three or four years in the NFL, whatever. There is not another young quarterback that I would take over Joe Burrow outside of Patrick Holmes. I think he's that good. Mm. I think he's that special of a player. The way he sees the field and understands the game and makes plays, every play works. Every play works. You call a bad play on offense, it don't matter. He makes it work. He's got that Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers talent to him. Herbert's been absolutely remarkable, remarkable. And um, and, and he's going to have a absolute, uh, an incredible career as long mm-hmm. as they build around him. But Joe Burrow's still the guy. I love it. 
I love it. I love the take, and I love the certainty. No one breaks this stuff down better than you do. Dan, have a great show today. NFL Live, 4 o'clock Eastern today and every day on ESPN. And it was a pleasure seeing you this morning. I'll talk to you this week as the Masters rolls around. Thank you, Danny. Enjoy, Greeny. You're the best, brother. That's Dan Orlovsky with me here. Greeny with you, presented by Navy Federal Credit Union. Proud to serve members of the Armed Forces, DOD veterans, and their families. Our members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Org. Um, so that was a really interesting one by him. Herbert, I love. I love them all. Burrow is terrific. Terrific. Absolutely terrific. Nothing I'm saying is meant to take anything away from Burrow, who gets drafted into the worst team in the league. They had the first pick for a reason, and he has elevated them. Elevated the, the entire... They just feel different. The entire team feels different because he's their quarterback. And Tua was great yesterday. But I tell you what, watching Herbert, my goodness... I think he's unreal. Look, the best news for the NFL is that all of them look really good. And we got a couple of young quarterbacks coming into the league this year in Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. We assume Lawrence will come. Um, So it looks like the future of the NFL at the quarterback position is awfully bright. All right, let me run through, if you're just joining me, my hot takes for the day here. Cliff, give me a little music, and I'll just run through what were my top five hot takes coming out of yesterday in the National Football League. For those of you who are just joining me here. Number five. At number five. I share what Dan Orlovsky was just talking about. The Buccaneers coaching staff stunk yesterday. That was the worst coach game of the year. They continue to put Tom Brady in situations in which he looks uncomfortable. You bring in a 43-year-old quarterback, you darn well better be ready to do what he does well. And when they have this year, they've looked good. And last night, they looked terrible. They ran the ball five times. They had rushing five rushing attempts yesterday. They've been keeping statistics in the NFL since 1933. That was the fewest rushing attempts any team has ever had in any NFL game. It's impossible to believe, but it's true. That was a failure on a lot of people's part yesterday for Tampa. I start with the coaching staff. Number four. Number four was my Josh Allen thought again. You just heard Dan talking about it. I give my mea culpa to the hashtag Bills Mafia. You were right and I was wrong. Josh Allen is the goods. I have been skeptical from the beginning. I've thought all along they were kind of propping him up with stuff. But give credit to the organization. They've done a great job. They've built a philosophy that works. They're extremely well coached. They went out and got him a number, a true number one receiver that turns Brown into what he is meant to be, which is a take-the-top-off-the-defense kind of guy. And you got Beasley doing his thing. Th- th- that, is a, that is a success story from the top to the bottom. And, and Josh Allen should not be lost in that. I'm wrong. Josh Allen is really good. I don't know that he's going to be a top five quarterback in the NFL, but he's more than good enough to win with. I'm giving you my apology. I have been wrong on him from the beginning. Number three. At number three, I still believe that Steelers should absolutely have kicked that field goal. And if they don't and the Cowboys win, if that pass at the end of the game last night is caught for a Dallas touchdown, it's all we're talking about. And yes, I know Chris Boswell missed an extra point. And I know he had another one blocked. But at the end of the day, a 32-yard field goal in the National Football League is supposed to be a gimme. And an eight-point lead against Garrett Gilbert with the Steeler defense is how you win. So to me, that was a stunning decision by Mike Tomlin, who I think is the coach of the year in the NFL and is he's probably the best coach in the sport right now, along with, obviously, Belichick gets the benefit of the doubt on everything. So Belichick is the historically the greatest. But Tomlin is a, an absolutely great coach. But I thought that was a stunning decision. Number two. I believe that they should rename the MVP award the Patrick Mahomes Award and just give it to the number two person every single year. Because Mahomes is the MVP. He's 25 touchdowns in one pick. What else is there to talk about? He single-handedly makes absolutely everything there go. 
They're in every game and will win probably another Super Bowl because he's their quarterback. The MVP has become a narrative award, not just in football, but in every sport. So the narrative is, give one to Russell Wilson, he's never even gotten a vote. I'm good with that. Just rename it the Patrick Mahomes Award, because he's going to be the MVP every year for the next decade. Number one. And finally at number one, you all of you in New Orleans have been busting my chops for the last six weeks that I never talk about the Saints, that we never give them any love. And I told you, Sunday night was their chance, and you 100% get it today. On this program, I sit here and I tell you that was the best performance by a team in the National Football League this season. Number one, the Saints' performance last night was the best win that any team had in the NFL this year. And there is no point at which, if they stay healthy, I will not say they're a true contender in the NFC at all. So you were right about that one, too. That's two mea culpas from Greeny in this segment. Because I've been wrong, and you've been right. And all you Saints fans who've been holding my feet to the fire, you deserve to do it today. Hashtag Greeny is where you can find me on Twitter. Greeny with a Y. You're a 1,000% right. The Saints are the goods, and they proved it last night. Those are my hot takes. Coming up next, it's time for yours. 888-SAY-ESPN is my phone number. 888-SAY-ESPN. Let me hear from you coming up next with your hot takes off a Sunday in the NFL. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is Greeny coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17 and delighted you were with me on ESPN Radio and beginning today and for the rest of our lives, streaming on ESPN Plus. So you can check in with me anytime, day or night, and you'll be able to hear uh, what it is that we have to say on this program and be able to watch along as we have our fun. And again, I'm inviting you to call right now with your hot takes. I just gave you mine. I'm asking you for yours. 888-SAY-ESPN. Bubba's standing by to take your call, and we'll have a couple of hot takes coming from you here in just a moment. But first, it's time for the Monday Night Preview, which is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. And here's what I will say about tonight's game between the Patriots and the Jets. It goes without saying it isn't the most compelling matchup of all time. But I have a million people that have been saying to me, Belichick wants to stick it to the Jets. So the one thing he's going to do is he's going to lose these games against the Jets this year so they don't get Trevor Lawrence. You're wrong in every way you can be wrong. Let me start with the second most important reason you're wrong. The second most important reason you're wrong is that Belichick hates the Jets, and he loves beating the Jets. Belichick, I think his favorite things to do are, one, win Super Bowls, two, beat the Jets. In that order, but it's not that big a difference between the two. He lives to beat the Jets. He doesn't walk out of a game against teams wearing the Jets uniforms with a loss and feel good about it, ever. That's the second most important reason. The first most important reason presupposes your your, your assumption that he doesn't want the Jets to get Trevor Lawrence includes the supposition that Bill Belichick is worried 
about Trevor Lawrence going to the Jets. The only person who should be worried about Trevor Lawrence going to the Jets is Trevor Lawrence. It would be much worse for Trevor Lawrence to be on the Jets than it would be for Bill Belichick to have Trevor Lawrence on the Jets. Bill Belichick has six Super Bowl rings and two more as a defensive coordinator. I don't think he's afraid of Trevor Lawrence winding up at MetLife Stadium. So the Patriots will win tonight, and they will win handily. And that would be the case whether Sam Darnold or Joe Flacco, as it turns out, were quarterback in the other team. Greeny with you, uh, presented by Progressive's Home Insurance. It's our Monday Night Football preview, and Progressive brings you that. Progressive's Home Insurance, Progressive's celebrating eight years of donating cars to veterans in need. Learn more at keystoprogress.com. All right, Cliff, give me a little music here. We've gone through my hot takes, and now it's time for yours. I'm told we have a pair of Tims to start the party. Tim, you're on ESPN Radio with Greeny. What is your hot take today? Hi, Greeny. Love the show. Um, wanted to say my dead in the water Minnesota Vikings at 1-5 and five are on a two-game winning streak. They're going to beat the Bears next Monday night. Going to win the next three, and they're going to be 7-5 when they go face Tampa Bay. Listen, I love that take. The, Buc- the, uh, the, the Vikings were a team before this season that I genuinely thought had a shot to be a Super Bowl contender. And obviously, everything couldn't have gone more wrong for them early. Their defense wasn't nearly as good as it should have been. The quarterback has not played well. But behind the spectacular play of Dalvin Cook, and believe me, I was very attuned to that yesterday because I had him on DraftKings, so I can tell you exactly how good he was to the tune of better than 40 points on DraftKings, ran it for 200 yards and caught a bunch of balls. Dalvin Cook is playing as well as any running back in the National Football League, inclusive of everyone. Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, none of those guys are definitively better than Dalvin Cook. So he's spectacular. And in a year where seven teams are going to make the playoffs, do I think the Vikings could make a second-half run and make the playoffs? I absolutely do. So I love the take, and I agree with the opinion. Another Tim is next up on ESPN Greeny. Here, uh, Tim, what's your hot take? My hot take, and it's even hotter right now, is that Tampa Bay is going to be the New Orleans Saints in the NFC Championship game, and Tom Brady is going to get the last laugh. They have a better defense overall than New Orleans. Green Bay doesn't have a defense. Seattle doesn't have a defense. All those weapons they got, give them a couple more weeks, and we're all going to be going, oh, yeah, that's right. They are good. Listen, I hope so. Tim, stay with me a second. Cliff, do you still have Tim? Tim, if you're a fan of that team, I'm with you. How do you explain last night? Because I agree with you. I've been been touting the Bucs to go to the Super Bowl since before the season began, and I thought and still believe the addition of Antonio Brown will be a net positive. But how do you explain last night? They have a better defense overall. Uh, he's, he doesn't. He cut him off there. Cliff, I'm sorry. We, he, he was listening through the radio instead of listening through the phone, and that obviously doesn't work. Tim, thank you for the call. You understand the point that I was trying to make. Um, who is next up here? Hashtag Bubba. Let's, uh, let's stay here in Connecticut. We have Danny in Connecticut. Danny. Danny, what's your hot take? Greeny, my hot take is with a former... Uh, assistant on his staff being the head coach of the Giants and a quarterback he loved in last year's draft in Daniel Jones. Bill Belichick's last year as coach of the Patriots will be this, and he will take over as the next GM of the Giants. Hmm. That one is very interesting as the GM, Belichick kicking himself upstairs. I'm, 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 first of all, I'm appreciative of the heat of the take. It's an extraordinarily hot take. Do I think it's going to happen? Absolutely not. And I'll say this, the truth is, and Belichick is the greatest coach in the history, I think you could make an argument, the greatest coach in the history of American team sports. 
So if you're looking for Bill Belichick slander or Bill Belichick criticism, you've come to the wrong place. But Bill Belichick's talent evaluation in the last few years is not above reproach. He hasn't drafted a pro bowler since Jamie Collins eight years ago. He has let the talent on that roster dwindle. And I understand that he was saying last week on the radio, it's all about having gone all in a few years in a row. Well, maybe. But he also had a quarterback taking a lot less than the max. He has let that roster deteriorate. I think he wants to stay in New England and rebuild it. That's what I think he will do. Do I think it would make sense for the Giants to try and get him to come over there and run the organization if he would do it? Hell yes. And that's an organization where he obviously got his start and he still has a lot of respect for the Giants. So do I think it'll happen? No. Do I like to take? I absolutely do. Baba, give me one more. We have Cully in New York. Cully, what's your hot take? I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers will go 16-0. and 0, uh, The home field uh, advantage throughout the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I like it. Like 16-0 and 0 is the hot take in that because, obviously, they have the inside track for everything else right now. Do I think they'll go 16-0? I most certainly do not. Do I think they're going to wind up the one seed in the AFC playoffs? I actually, right now, if I had to bet on it, I would bet not. I've been telling you they were the best team in the league since August. I'm fully willing to explain away yesterday. But coming up in a moment, I'm going to give you the worst news you can possibly get if you're a fan of the Steelers. We'll do all those and more as we continue here. Thank you for the calls. Thank you for the takes. I so appreciate the ability to have this back and forth. It's so much fun to hear what's on your mind here as we go through what has been a terrific NFL season in so many ways. One we were not promised when you consider the circumstances in which we are living right now in this pandemic. And every week that goes by, I feel more and more appreciative of having these games. And yesterday was just a terrific day for the football. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save in as little as three minutes at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. Again, coming up next, the worst news you could imagine for the team with the best record in the NFL. That's next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I told you a moment ago that I had bad news. The worst possible news for the last unbeaten team in the National Football League, and that is this. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 8-0 for the first time in franchise history, as a matter of fact. The most recent team to start 8-0 was just last year. The Patriots. And the 49ers both did last year. The year before that, the Rams started 8-0. In 2015, the Patriots, Bengals, and Panthers all started 8-0. In 
In 2013, the Chiefs started 8-0. All told, the last 10 teams to start 8-0 did not win the Super Bowl. The Steelers will be trying to buck that trend. They'll be trying to rewrite that little historical note. Going all the way back for a decade, all the way back to before 2010, the last time a team started 8-0 and won the Super Bowl is more than 10 years ago. So the Steelers' outstanding start may wind up being their kryptonite. The proof of that is over the last 10 years, and the proof is in the Pennzoil. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils made from natural gas, giving you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil, based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. I just got these quotes from Bruce Arians sent to me. I'm trying to digest them, and I'm trying to decide how big a deal I should make of this, or we should make of it. Bruce Arians and the Buccaneers got their hats handed to them last night. They got crushed. They were embarrassed on national TV by the New Orleans Saints in what was the statement performance, not just of this weekend, but of the NFL season to this point. And as badly as they played, Bruce Arians, these are direct quotes. Bruce Arians said that Mike Evans was open a bunch on Sunday. Quote, he didn't get targeted. That's all. Mike was open. He then said the interception to Antonio Brown, where it appeared A.B. and Brady were not on the same page. Arian said, quote, it was just a poor throw. It's another example. This seemed to happen after week one of Arians throwing shade at his legendary quarterback, criticizing Tom Brady publicly. Remember all the way back to week one when we were having that conversation? We were joking about Brady saying, hey, I thought I left New England to get away from being harshly criticized like this. The difference is the criticism was behind closed doors in New England from Belichick. And out here, it seems to be out in the open. Here's what I'm going to do with that. Nothing. I'm not going to make a big deal about it now. I think it's fine. I don't think that's a big deal. That just obviously seems to be the way Bruce Arians talks. But what I hope he acknowledged in that same press conference, what I hope he will acknowledge at minimum to his team and his players, is that he and his coaching staff went a long way towards losing that game yesterday. Yeah, Brady played badly, and maybe it was a bad throw on that one pick, one of the three that he threw on the night. And maybe Mike Evans was open a bunch, and he wasn't targeted. But that doesn't change the fact that they rushed the ball fewer times than any team in NFL history last night. It doesn't change the fact that their offensive game plan and the general offensive philosophy does not seem to match their talent. It does not change the fact that they played a ton of zone defensively last night against a quarterback who lives to eat that alive in Drew Brees at a time when all the questions are about Brees' ability to, with, his, with his arm strength at this point in his career and at his age. You play man against him. That's what Rex was screaming about it all day on TV today. So I just hope that at minimum behind closed doors with his team, Arians and the coaching staff are taking their share of the responsibility for what was an absolute no-show last night on national TV. And I want to tell you about Church's new chicken sandwich. It's finally here with almost 70 years in the kitchen. You can bet we put the work in to make it worth it. It's everything you love about Church's between two buns. Get it today for just $3.99. Thanks for waiting. Church's bringing that down-home flavor. All right, um, before we run for the day, give me that, uh, where is it that I have it up here? I wanted to play this, and I wanted to give one. I don't have, and here it is. Here's... I want to just to take a moment to acknowledge the great Alex Trebek, whom we lost yesterday. I'm sure by now you've seen it everywhere. Alex Trebek, who went public with his battle against pancreatic cancer almost two years ago, died peacefully at his home from what we are told at the age of 80. 
That news was reported early yesterday. And I will just say this. I'm a game show junkie. I'm a game show geek. I've loved game shows all of my life. And I absolutely loved Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek was a pro's pro. I am both a game show junkie and a talk show host by trade. And hosting, there is a certain... There's a certain something about great hosting that I admire so much because I've worked for so long to try to get good at it. And the really great ones, the really great ones, make it look incredibly easy. They make the whole thing just feel natural and comfortable. That's your job as a host. And there have been some who just stood out above others. One of those who I think was as good at it as anybody ever was Regis Philbin. Another one is Tom Bergeron. These are the hosts that I admire. And Alex Trebek was in that category and absolutely on any list of the great hosts in television in multiple generations. It doesn't matter if you're hosting a game show in the format in which he was doing it or a talk show or anything else. Hosting is hosting. Hosting is about making everyone on your show feel comfortable and everybody watching feel comfortable. And you can't do it better than he did. I never met him in my life. And yet when I saw the news he had died yesterday, it was like I had lost a member of the family. I love that show. And I have nothing but admiration for Alex Trebek. So rest in peace, Mr. Trebek, and thank you for everything. Have a wonderful day. I'll see you tomorrow. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.